by Riverside. We're going to have to figure right. something else out. It's so long. It's very. So that's all right. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Daniel. You guys all know us as Authors Chaos. Yes. <laughs> so, Daniel, have you been? Oh, not bad. Busy, busy, busy. Finishing up uh, stuff for master's degree for the next couple weeks. So. Oh, you're like in the thick yeah, of it then. Right into the, up to the beginning like, of May, so. Gotcha. Any exciting news about Origins? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually got back the paperback um, design today from Perky, and it was missing a slight um, thing, so he's going to fix it really quick and shoot it back to me, but I uh, plan on uploading that tonight and then getting, hopefully, getting author's proofs here really soon and publishing after that to make sure everything's perfect, so. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited for yeah, you. I can't believe I'm that far. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait till I'm that far. Like I'm, I'm so excited. Like I just had Perky actually tell me that he'd be willing to do my cover, which is mm -hmm. huge, right? Like that's, he doesn't have to, he gets to select like the people that he does work with. And he was, when he emailed me back, he said that you, me and Aliyah are three authors. He's really, really glad he knows. And it was just nice to have somebody who's like worked with the two of you to where he knows like I'm not playing right. right like I'm super excited to work with him and his art and I've just been stalking his Instagram page for like the last two weeks he does you know? <laughs> he does really good work um he really and he's does. very thorough so I think you'll be very happy when you get yours well today let's talk about writer's block yeah because for like three weeks, I literally would sit down at this dadgum computer and have nothing. Like, I can understand zilch. that. Like, not even a character, like, as crazy as it sounds, talking to me about how they feel about what's happening to them. Like, literally nothing. And I told Davey the other day, I was like, I'm going to have to go to the woods. I'm going to have to go talk to <clears throat> Daniel and a lot. I don't know. I have to do something. So, like, how do you deal with writer's block when you get in that place where you just have nothing? Um, well, honestly, and I think we need to throw a disclaimer on this. Neither one of us are doing writing as a career level thing to where it is what we make no. um, our living off of. And so our advice no. may no. not be um, perfect for everybody or even perfect for most people. Um, but... Hashtag right. fact. <laughs> um, because I do writing because I enjoy it, because I um, want to tell a story rather than just to sell a book or to make a living. Um, a lot of times to deal with writer's block, I just take a step back and um, step away from it for a while and kind of just go about life and hope that it will come to me in a moment. Um, I get but that. For a lot of people, if they're using that, if they're using this as a source of income, it's like, okay, I can't step away for three weeks at a time while I have writer's block. Um, 
I think deep down writing is a form of uh, production. And I think if you're forcing production, it's really, really hard to make that happen. So to combat that, if you're not able to produce something, you're probably um, going to be consuming other things instead. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that the consumption of other art, whether that be through music or other books or TikTok or whatever you're reading, whatever you're doing, can help a lot with that. Um, and I think a lot of the time mm-hmm. when I listen to like music and stuff, that's when my ideas tend to flow better. Gotcha. <clears throat> I, I literally had a moment where I needed to write it's a very important chapter Mm -hmm. where a lot of things happen that kind of put in perspective like why my character is acting the way she's acting um and then kind of like digs into her personality and I knew a certain way that I wanted to speak on that and and portray her because portraying her a certain way sets her up to look like she's actually a villain and not a not a Mm -hmm. heroine right so I was hung up on the fact that like I could write her I could write her the way that like turns her into a character that you don't really enjoy yeah because she has flaws, because that's part of her, part of her magic, part of the thing that makes her her. But it's a flaw that, like, a lot of people would think, well, wow, this character, I can't stand yeah. her. And there's a way that, right, there's a way that you write it that, like, okay, this is actually, like, a puzzle piece to her personality. And I sat down yesterday, and I had, I was at work because I work full time. I was at work and one of the, one of my customers came in and he was like, you remind me of a person who's super, super nice, but can be mean when the situation Mm -hmm. calls for it. And I had that moment, right? Where I was like, that, okay, that's like, that's what I need to be able to portray. Like, she is this thing, but she's also full of mm-hmm. this because of things that have happened to her. So it, the minute he said it, and he was just joking with me. He jokes with me all the time. The minute he said it, I was like, I know Lilac, I know Lilac's personality. Like, I know what I have to write. And I got home and was able to, like, write out the whole interaction she has where she actually gets to come out and say, I'm angry. Like, I'm mad at everything that's happening to me. Like, what is happening mm-hmm. to me? So it was it was cool to just have somebody else say something and my brain just kick off of like, okay, cool. Like, I can, I can actually write this out. Like, I can do the yeah. thing. Um, have there ever been days where you've sat down with every intention of writing and you get at the computer and you literally can't think of anything to write. Like you're just looking at it like I'm a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the time when I sit down and write, it's because an idea has popped into my head. But there'll be times when I have 
started into a chapter or something and I know the basis of where it's going to begin and where the characters are and all that. And so I'll sit down and I'll go to type, but I can't find the words that I'm looking for to use to express mm -hmm. the situation or the emotions that, that character is feeling. And I figure that if I'm having to force the writing of it, if I'm having to um, force myself to sit down and say, okay, I've got to get this chapter and I've got to finish this, I've got to finish that. It tends to, my writing tends to not come off organically when that happens. Um, and so that's usually when I'll take a step back and say, okay, I need to find something else that I can put into my brain that isn't going to just be nagging it. Right. And I find right. a lot of times when, um, when I'm dealing with the monotony, the minutia of life and stuff, that's when... I can sit and my brain can wander and I can find the path that I'm looking for to finish mm -hmm. that writing down. And then I'm typing in my notes app what I'm, what I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, all of a sudden I've got these lines that need to get written down. Um, but I think a lot of it is finding time to turn off the world around you and find mm -hmm. just a place where you can sit down and think on the stuff without interruption. Um, you know, right. you hear stories of Albert Einstein trying to figure out the theory of relativity and working at a patent office because it was so mind numbing that he was able to process uh -huh. through that and find those thoughts amongst himself with just doing things that did not require him to be producing constantly. Um, and that's what I mean. If you are forcing production, if you are saying, I have to produce, I have to produce, I have to produce, you end up running into a wall a lot of times. That's when you need to slow down and so say, right. okay, I need to take a step back. This will come to me. Take a break. Don't let it stress mm -hmm. you out because at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying it, writing is not going to be a good time to be dealing with. Right. It's just I not. I mean, it's plain and simple. It's just not. And I think. No, it. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, no, you're I fine, go. I think that when we sit down and write stuff that we enjoy, you tend to have people enjoy it a lot more. Um, you can feel when stuff is right. forced. And you can sit down and you could crank out an entire chapter and say, okay, my gosh, I made it 50 pages into this. And then go back a day later and say, this is complete garbage because it doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can go back and nothing is set in stone until that book hits shelves, right? And so you can go back and correct that stuff. If you think you need to get something down, get it down. And if it doesn't flow right when after you're done, go back to it and fix it later. Because you can always go back into a right. chapter and correct it, you know? Right, right. Um, so I, I had told you that this week had that guy say something um I actually found me uh what I'm calling a beta reader so I have Cassie editing grammar mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff and she's sending me notes on things that are confusing to her but I found someone who was willing to like read it and then ask me questions that she has that could potentially be yeah. plot holes and I didn't realize how important she would be until I sent her my second chapter. And she was like, okay, I have questions. And I was like, shoot, like, 
I have time. Like I can change whatever you think needs changed or I can add things in to the later chapters to kind of explain yeah. certain things. And she was like, well, why, why is she just blindly following him like off into the woods to like this realm she's never even heard of? Why is she doing this? But her questions were questions that like, because as the writer, I know mm -hmm. all the things. I just write, yeah. but to whoever's reading it, if I never explain why she blindly follows, or if I never explain why, like that she had some like knowledge of these creatures, like in folklore or in fairy tales, like she'd mm -hmm. heard of them. If I never explain that, then people, there are going to be people who are like, I have no idea who Faye are. Like I have... I have friends who are like, what are Fae? I have no idea right. what that is. I know what they are because I've read books about them. I've read folklore about them, things like that. So when she was like, hey, I don't really know what a Fae is. And if I found out the way she found out, like, I would have questions about, like, what are you? Are you ancient? Like, can you explain it to me? So I was able to go back in that chapter and, like, in the conversation that my character has with her husband, like insert questions and answers. And it actually made the interaction beefier and it made mm. it better because she was asking questions that a real world, like person would ask of like, so you've been lying to me, like explain mm. yourself. So it was um, finding, having somebody to ask those questions kind of kickstarted that where I was like, okay, I can have deeper meaningful conversations between her and her husband. Thank you. Pizza. I can have, my characters have deeper, more meaningful conversation if I treat them like they're actually people, like they're deep, right? Like, so it, it was that thing for me where it kind of unblocked the moment for me of like, okay, she needs to have like, they share a life. They've been married a long time. They're going to have deeper conversations than someone that's been married three mm -hmm. years, five years. They've been married 19 years. Like they've lived a lot of life together. They're going to ask hard questions of each other. Like that's just all there is to it. So getting, having somebody else to like put those questions out there in the mm -hmm. editing put me in a place to be able to have those deeper conversations. And, and it's crazy how that having somebody else read it and go, wait a minute, I'm confused. This is what I'm confused about. So I, uh, that really helped get my, make my conversations where they're not just shallow yeah. conversations. They actually have a lot of meaning. So, um, I guess my next question is what's the weirdest thing that's ever broken you out of a writer's block? Like, can you think of one thing that was like, I have an idea. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The oddest thing I can think of is um, probably, um, I don't know. It, not really break me out of writer's block, but I know like when I'm searching for metaphors or similes, trying to beef up the way something is explained. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that has stood out to me before has been like picking up Kyrie and realizing that, oh my gosh, this child is four years old and all of a sudden she's heavy. Um, 
it, it <laughs> popped into my brain that in one scene in my sequel book, a uh, shield falls on the head of somebody that these people are chasing and they knock him unconscious and drag his body back to their camp and are interrogating him. And uh, I, the line popped into my head of, you dummy, she dropped a shield the size of a small child on your head. Of course it hurt. And <laughs> I, I'm like, that, that, is a, that is a fun uh, little metaphor that popped up just because of some little thing that happened in everyday life. Um, a lot of the time, like said, I said, I run into writer's block and it will be when I, and I haven't in a minute because I haven't written a new chapter in six months um of yeah. writing down my book just because it's been in a completed state for a while except for small edits here and there that Cassie had recommended. Yeah. But you had um mentioned finding a beta reader and I think that it's always a good idea to have someone else to bounce ideas off of um even if it's not just your editor because mm -hmm. cassie's over here looking for errors in your grammar or things that just make absolutely no right. sense but she's not right continuously reading the story to read the story she is trying to find right. problems that you can fix exactly she's editing and so i think finding a beta reader and i didn't but i think finding a beta reader is a really good idea um, just because mm -hmm. when you're writing, you get into this stream of consciousness and you're like, okay, I know where point A leads to point B to point C to point D, and then all the way down this line in this web of directions. But every person is not privy to your thoughts and machinations exactly. when you uh, write that <laughs> stuff down. And I think that being willing to say, okay, I need an outside perspective. I am not the world's greatest writer. I'm not, I'm probably not even one of the, I'm not probably not even the best writer. I need someone else to say, Hey, good. um, what can, what is going on here? Because what you just said makes absolutely no sense. Um, because like I said, what makes sense to you might not make sense to somebody else, or you may just be writing yourself into a corner that you might not realize unless someone from the outside says, Hey, you said this back here and it actually contradicts points A, B, and C here. Um, right. so what about you? If you're, if you're popping into a, if you're popping into writer's block, what, what has been the strangest thing to rip you out of that block then? Oh, so I'm currently writing. You said you haven't written in six months. I am like in the throes of it, right? Like sitting at work and you and I just talked about this on Facebook the other day of like having an idea and just taking a piece of paper and like writing I run into this really bad habit. I can't yeah. stop once I start because I'm in, I'm again in the throes of writing where when an ideal comes, I just start <laughs> writing and then I have to come home and I have to type it, which is fine and dandy, except my brain is like, we've moved past this. It's written, but it's not actually in the book. <laughs> it's on paper. So then I have to go back and rewrite everything. But then in the middle of that, like in the middle of the ideas that were flowing at lunch or during a dead time at work, <coughs> in the middle of that, of rewriting that, I go, wait a second, that doesn't make sense, but I can make it make sense if I add this mm -hmm. thing here. 
So, but in doing that, I've kind of created my own writer's block, right? Because I'm stuck then in having to rewrite a scene that I've already written, which puts a break on whatever ideas I've got flowing. The weirdest thing that's ever pulled me out of writer's block, we were, where were we? We were at Jacob and Elias working on the fence. And Nova walked outside and she said, Davy, what doing? And Davy goes, I'm working on the fence. And she said, you should come play with me. And Davy said, I can't. I have to do this. And for whatever reason, in his voice, I heard my main character's husband say, I can't join you. I have to do this. And it pulled me out. But literally her asking the question, Davy, what doing was the thing that like kickstarted this conversation in my head that I was like, wait a minute, I know where I'm going with this scene. Like, and I had sat in the middle of a scene far longer than I care to admit, because again, I knew how I wanted the scene to go and I wanted to portray it mm -hmm. a certain way. Um, and just a little background, they're trying to keep her safe um, from the villain, from the bad guys. And they don't want them to know who she is. So the queen is having to pretend like she doesn't like her. And I knew how I wanted that scene to come across. Like I knew how I wanted the interaction with her to go because she actually super loves Lilac. She just can't show it. Because if she shows it, then they know that she is truly the curse breaker mm -hmm. and they have a problem. <laughs> so um, I knew like, there had to be an exchange between the queen and her son of like, she's not good enough. You need to stay here and send her home. So it kickstarted that conversation between the two of them of like, well, she's not as good as such and such. And then the prince is like, I can't do that. Like, I love her. I have to do this thing. Like, I have to be with her. So it was the, it was a cool thing to like, have just a three-year-old's conversation kickstart that thing and then crows i was sitting on my back porch the other day and i saw these crows and i was like i know where i'm going now <laughs> you, you say that and i run across um i i think a lot of it again just boils down to um just consumption of an outside source of some sort i mean even the chirping of a bird in a tree might snap you into the thought of, oh, this is how I want this to go. And when you, um, when you are consuming stuff, you're obviously taking in ideas, taking in um, aspects of the world around you and pushing those through a filter. If you're like me, your imagination tends to run wild with the things that you hear or take in. Um, and it always has. And yes. I think that's a lot of where my stuff comes from. I, I remember vividly watching a PBS Eons video over terror birds, these nine foot tall um, <laughs> uh, ostrich like uh, birds yes. that tend to pick animals up and slam them down until they're, you know, putty. Um, unalived. Unalived. Yes. Um, <laughs> I immediately thought I could use that. And so one of the forms that uh, 
my one of my animal companions charlie tends to take is the form of a titanus or a terror bird and so that is what he is in most of the time um and i think that you just gotta let the ideas flow from what you're taking in um Mm -hmm. when i when i talk about writer's block it's often okay well ideas just kind of come to me because i'm constantly daydreaming of stuff and because i'm not a professional writer i don't have deadlines that i have to sit down and say oh i have to get this down right Right. now except for the fact that eats away at my brain if i don't put it down somewhere i just sit and think (laughs) about it all day long to make it perfect um but i i vividly remember even starting out being in colorado um year two years ago now um up in the mountains and thinking that oh the air is really thin up here every time i move i um Mm -hmm. it's taking more for me to get around than it normally would and that ends up finding its way into the very first chapter of my book where Sai wakes up and it's like these things it just it tends to be look for inspiration in the small things around you and use that and if it's complete garbage when it goes down you can always change it you know i i think that writer's block tends to boil down to the fact that we think if we put it down then it's in the story and it can't be removed and now the story's trash (laughs) and that's just not the case uh my my book is running has run through its fifth revision now of different things i mean even from the beginning, my character's tome is based on Charles Darwin's On the Origin of Species, right? And so um, I thought, oh, that gives me this cool evolutionary ability. But starting out, it wasn't that. It was started from Thoreau's Walden, and it was from hearing stories of literally teaching my kids about Henry David Thoreau and how he lived his life in the woods. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so I could have a loon as his... Uh, pet thing you have this little thing just <laughs> walking around beside him and i'm and i i yes. couldn't make that work i couldn't i'm i'm gonna make it work for somebody right. i promise but not him it's, dana's yeah, like it's, it's gonna, gonna happen <laughs> i'm like this tome is a little bit too boring to be the main focus of this story and so it ended up changing i'm like it has to be a bird it has to be a bird. So it ended up changing to Darwin's finches and then from there spiraling out into this full blown thing that Emily has read through now. And it's like, I did not see it going that way. And so uh, (laughs) I think a lot of writer's block, if you can help it, a lot of it is just to step back and let life take you where it's going to take you. But if you don't have that, I guess the only other option is to go off and consume something hoping that it will spark your your imagination into writing something if that makes sense oh for sure that makes 100 percent sense Mm -hmm. so my last question that i've got because i just went through this uh, actually a week or so ago and i freaked out have you ever thought something was gonna go a certain way like a certain interaction or a character's growth arc And then all of the sudden, something happens as you're writing and you're like, the characters start telling you Mm -hmm. what's going on, right? Like they, they start taking over and that I sound insane when I say that, but that's the only way I can describe it. 
has it ever gone from like, okay, this is the arc I see, and then they've kind of told you, no, this is the actual like thing mm-hmm. that's happening. Well, has yeah. that ever happened? Sarah to Charlie you? doesn't have a loon anymore. Um, but <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the Daniel. No, I think a lot of times when we write stuff, we tend to go um, from beginning to an ending immediately. And I'm sure, I don't know if you write that way or not, but I I have an ending in mind that I want to take place. And I say, okay, this is the final scene that's going to occur. This is the climactic point. How do I get there? And then you tend to allow characters to walk their way through the world and interact with things how you would think they would interact with them. Um, Right. And yes, there are a lot of times that you take a heel turn when you uh, have a character going and doing certain things and all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 that interaction doesn't make sense because of their personality type. And then it has spiraled so far out that you're in a completely different destination than you were going to be in the beginning. Um, I completely agree with you in the fact that you kind of just have to let your characters live. I mean, you can't act. You are, at the end of the day, you're the person writing down what they have. And you are the one deciding what actions they take. But you cannot force them into boxes if you haven't set them up to be in those boxes in the first place. And so if they aren't going through it and living it organically, it, yeah, I think you could tend to get really crappy writing out of that. Um, right. I, but yeah, I, I remember vividly thinking that, I mean, this, my story as it stands now is nothing like what it was going to be to begin with. And it all stems from the fact that I wanted my side character to be this oblivious kind of happy-go-lucky guy. And I couldn't do that with some of the things that I wanted that my initial thoughts were of him becoming this very powerful person very quickly. And it's like, no, that doesn't work. Or him Mm -hmm. knowing what's going on all the time or knowing certain situations. And, um, but yeah, I, I have seen stuff take a turn from time to time that I just wasn't expecting. And you just, I think that's a good thing though, to allow that natural outgrowth, you know, I I can't think of any specific examples. Again, it's been, a while since I started writing Origins. Six months, and, right. I mean, I've written one of my first right. two chapters of Odyssea, which is the second book. And yeah. that was, I mean, I've been writing that in the past couple months, but that stuff is extremely raw. Right. It's not refined. It's not well thought out. It's right. just, okay, I need to get this down and start a pattern. Um, right. So I when that. I say, has stuff taken a turn that I don't expect? I don't remember. Except for the fact that my story <laughs> is, not, is not what it was initially. Um, and it's not what I expected mm-hmm. it to start out being. But I'm very happy with where it took off because I kind of let it just walk itself into that position. Right. If that makes sense. Right. So what about you? Right. Oh, that makes complete sense. <laughs> I had this naive thought that (laughs) this was how she was going to be. This was how she was going to live. This was how she was going to save whatever. 
And this was how it's gonna, the first book was gonna end so that we could build up to the second book, right? And then she actually met Tariq, my cleric. And my whole plan was here. And the conversation with Tariq went here. <laughs> and it became this super beefy, like it's mm -hmm. so good, right? So I literally had this moment where I'm writing dialogue between her and Tariq as she's learning about herself, okay? She's learning about who she is. He has like all the information about her parents. They, they have the lore mm -hmm. behind whatever. And I typed a sentence that was Tariq talking to her and I had to stop and I sent a message to the group chat with your wife and Aliyah and I was like, y'all, I don't know what just happened in my book. And da I told Davy, I said, oh my gosh. And he goes, what? I said, I did not see that coming. And he goes, you're writing it. And I said, but you, I did not know. Like, mm. I did not know this was a thing. Like, this is now a thing. But this happening enables me to set up more story yeah. further down the line. So it happened for a reason, right? So, like, the information that she is given about her parents and about what happened to them and about her own personal ties to this realm without that there would be no reason for her to go on to yeah. the last book because she would have no ties to that last book so it was one of those things where like even in my mind where I was super surprised that that thing happened and I was like I literally am blindsided by this like I never imagined to find this piece of information out like I found it out the same time mm -hmm. Lilac found it out but in the long run, it gives her more reason to do what she has to do. And it also sets up two other characters for further growth, where without it, they would remain very static. And there would be no reason for them to change. So it, while it surprised me and it wasn't what I had in mind it is the exact thing that I needed because it sets me up for dead of winter and then the next two books. So yeah, it was completely insane to sit down and try to write that scene. And then it go completely sideways on me. I, I ended that chapter and I looked at Davey and I was like, that's not what I thought was gonna take place. Like that's, that's not it. Like that's not <laughs> it at all yeah. but it's good like it's all it's all good things and it and it set me up to be able to see a clearer picture for the ultimate end goal and you said something earlier about like you know the things that are happening in your world and I've been thinking about this and maybe we should talk about this next time what it's like to build a fantasy world yeah because let's be real a lot of my first book is building this, is world building, is like setting up this way of life that most people, like, if you don't know anything about Faye, you wouldn't know, right? How did you tackle, I guess this will be a question for you to think about, but how did you tackle creating a world where these characters exist and exist 
not necessarily cohesively, right? Because you have to have you have to have a villain, right. you have to have a problem, but like where they exist and it's normal to exist in this way. Or um, like my character in part of the book, she talks about a little witchy book like tea shop that's in the in one of the neighborhoods. And come to find out, like, the two ladies that run it are two sisters that live in the Fey realm. So, like, building that world where these things live together, like, yeah. world building, is so crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so let's let's <laughs> talk about that next time. Like, how to set up your fantasy world. Because... I think that I think that's an interesting like I think that's something both you and I are are currently dealing with and even going into your next book you're going to have to talk a lot more yeah. about your world and about how it's set up and things and I know I'm going to have to right because I have to talk about a whole nother right court <laughs> but like just yeah so next time join us we're going to talk about building a fantasy world and how it's not as easy as it sounds. Because it's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. We are so glad that you listened to us. Um, my name is Sarah. I go by SF Rogers. My book, uh, Execration of Autumn, should be out by the fall of this year. If not, it'll be out in spring. Uh, yeah, um, I Daniel. am Daniel Golden. Uh, my pen name is D.L. Golden. And... My first book, Origins of the Dreamcatcher series, um, should finish production here at the end of the month. In about two weeks, it should be available for order on Amazon. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Awesome. Check us out. Find us on Facebook. We are uh, under Authors Chaos right. on Facebook. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>